Hey everybody, we are live now, Heart to Heart Wednesday night. Pastor Stephanie and Michael Rowan here. Hope you guys had an awesome and a blessed day. And we are so excited to be coming via Facebook, MichaelRowanMinistries.com, all the different ways that we're able to minister and interact with you guys. Yes, and we are very excited to let you know that we now have our podcast available on what, iTunes. What? 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 So every episode will be on that podcast. So go to iTunes, find Heart to Heart, search it by Heart to Heart or Stephanie and Michael Rowan or Michael and Stephanie Rowan, and subscribe, maybe give us five stars, and you can podcast it so when you're working out, driving, anything like that, you can listen to us. Absolutely, absolutely. And we are so excited about tonight. Before we even get started, share, share, share right now. Before you even go any further, share tonight's message on your Facebook page. Just get it out there to as many people as you can. This has been something we've been wanting to do for quite a while now. And we knew even when we started Heart to Heart just a few weeks ago that this would be something that we would tackle almost right up front. Yes. And if you want to post a comment or a question, we are monitoring right now. So if there's something you want to ask us and we see it, catch it, we will respond live. If not, we will always answer any and all questions immediately after the program tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, how, do, how do you want to get started? Do we want to just jump right into it? Because, guys, honestly, our culture, uh, everywhere you look, it seems like everything is vying for your marriage, uh, the attention of your marriage to disintegrate it, to dissect it, to cause problems with it. And uh, you've got to make sure that you're deliberate. Spouses have to be deliberate in protecting uh, the covenant of your marriage. Because if you don't, there's a lot of things out there that are going for, for the throat of marriages in 2019. Yeah. And as you saw us post, we're not just coming at you as someone who doesn't know. Um, both Michael and I have lived through marriages where there was adultery or there was an affair and we've lived and learned from that really hard road and so we're trying to give you honest advice, things that we found, also biblical advice um, to help your marriages, to help you protect your marriages against um, an affair, against cheating, um, infidelity and so we're coming to you as people who know the pain and we're trying to help you avoid that pain. Absolutely. So I wanted to start tonight um, just giving you some general statistics about marriages and inf infidelity in the United States. Um, and this is actually quite staggering. I don't know if you knew all this, but this is all from a 2018 study. Um, it says that 45 to 50% of married women and 50 to 60% of married men have admitted to having an affair. Mm. That's over half of all marriages. 40% um, of divorces in the United States are caused by an affair. But here's where it gets really, really sad. 55% um, of male responders say, who, who admitted to cheating, say that they've had over five partners. And 50% of female responders admitted to having at least one. Um, the men, most of them met their affair person online through social media or a dating service where women met theirs more in a social setting at work, an office party, um, a bar, going out with girlfriends. Um, it says that the leading cause of affair for a men is lack of sexual satisfaction and the leading cause for women is lack of emotional satisfaction. Right. Now this is for the general population. This is everybody. This is Christians, non-Christians. This is just everybody in America. 
But as we know as Christians, one of the top is that one of the Ten Commandments is don't commit adultery. But um, when Jesus came in Matthew 5, 27, 28, he says, you've heard it said you shall not commit adultery. He's saying this is one of the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses. Um, but then he says, takes it a little bit further and says, but I tell you, anyone that looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So then Jesus takes it to a much deeper level for, for those that are in a covenant with God, saying that it's not just, you know, don't have the, the physical affair, but if you were to look at someone with lust in your eyes, um, then you've already committed adultery. We're just really trying to break down some of the fallacies, guys, of what people define as adultery or define as cheating. Because unfortunately, uh, you just said it a while ago, uh, 50 so percent of people with affairs and our culture tries to make it sound almost romantic like it's magical or mystical so-and-so had an affair it's cheating let's just talk about it like it is it's cheating it's deliberately stepping out of a covenant and a promise that you made so let's not romanticize it it's adultery it's cheating and it's sin it's, there's nothing romantic or, 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 or magical about it, but our world would like to tell you uh, it's an affair, it's, it's a fling, it's a little inconsistency, they had a little discrepancy. No, it is stepping outside of the bounds of the covenant. And so, you know, I, I just want us to call it what it is. And, and, and Steph just said it. This is men. This is women. A lot of times when you think of affairs, you all automatically think of God. There's just as many women out there. Uh, fantasies, people that are, you know, um, you know, looking at people online or watching people or, or just doing things that we know are absolutely just chipping away at the strength of your marriage. And so we're going to talk about as many things as we can uh, in, uh, in really just debunking some of these romantic illusions of an affair. Yeah, and, and honestly, this is going to be a topic that we probably cover for multiple weeks. Um, we have so much information. There's going to be a week of like just logistical things that you need to do, um, tactical things that you need to do in regards to protecting your marriage. But today we really want to get into... Just some things that maybe should be in marriages. Uh, they need to be in marriages. Uh, and maybe they're not in some marriages. And these are some things that if they're broken down and you're not doing these things, that could lead you to possibly wandering off. And so we want to bring these things back to marriages. And so the first thing I want to talk about tonight is honesty. <laughs> and this is so critical in marriages. When we, we go to the altar and, and we stand with our spouse and we take our vows, you know, we say we're going to honor them and respect them and love them, but I don't know where it is, like where the fine line goes, where we step across maybe the barrier where maybe it's a white lie. Maybe it's something very small and insignificant, but it's something where we step across and, you know, our marriage can go from complete trust to something that could lead to a road of complete devastation. Hmm. And so I'm not even talking about maybe um, a lie about infidelity or anything like that. But if you just lie about anything, anything. then the spouse starts wondering, well, if you lie about that, what else will you lie about? Yeah. And it seems like if one spouse, you know, says one little lie and maybe they get away with it, maybe their spouse doesn't know they got, they were lying. Then the next lie, they may take it a little further or, you know, a little bit deeper. Um, and that's where, when they realize, you know, I can get away with being dishonest to their spouse, that can lead to steps where you may take it to adultery or to infidelity when it didn't start that way. 
Um, but here's the thing, regardless if your spouse knows, if you're lying, God does. And therein lies another commandment. So regardless if you think I'm getting away with this and I can continue to lie, God knows everything. He knows every lie you're telling. He knows every dishonesty, every distrust, everything. He knows your heart. He knows your heart. And, and, and you know, this is something that, I mean, sometimes it breaks my heart. Sometimes I get angry. It depends on, I guess, the day and what my emotions are. But this is just something that makes Stephanie and I both very, very angry because we want to see marriages survive. We want to see marriages not only survive, but thrive. Uh, we go to an altar and say, I do, and then we don't. Yeah. We don't do the things uh, that we say that we're going to do, that we promise we'll do. But folks, our culture, I was looking at some statistics, 91% of our TV shows and 80% of our movies, 81% of the affairs in television and movies are with people that are married. Uh, that, that's just staggering. And so uh, pastoring now 30 years, we have talked with people, you know, we have texted people. Uh, as a matter of fact, one year, what was it, about three or four years ago, we were actively counseling about six couples that were in ministry uh, that were having devastating effects because of infidelity and dishonesty and lying and manipulating. And uh, 30 years now, I've never had one person that had an affair or cheated that did not regret it. Never once. I've never had one person uh, say, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Every one of them unanimously said, this wreaked havoc, not only my marriage, but my life. And, and when we, we go to the altar and we say, I do, that marriage is built on a really strong foundation of trust. And it's when when trust is broken, trust is so hard to get back. Um, <laughs> takes a long it, time it, it to get it and a, a second it, to yeah, lose. Yeah, a second to break it and then a long time to get it back. So. Not that it can't be. No, oh, absolutely it can be. And, and that's where you start, need to start being honest with each other. In Proverbs 12, 22, it says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. So I really just challenge you. Maybe you haven't done anything yet, but you've had thoughts, or maybe you've been dishonest in other things. The best thing you can do is go to your spouse in, in humbleness and admit anything that may have been dishonesty and come clean. Just get it out. I'm telling you, it is it is horrible to live a life of, of lies. <laughs> if you never lie, you never have to like remember, you know, you just what you just, said. Yeah, just be honest. You never have to remember this trail of, of deceit. So, you know, go to your spouse, be honest, have honest conversations. Um, it's never too late if you've if you've broken trust. We believe you can you can always come back from it. It's not always the easiest road, but with help from a counselor or a pastor, you can definitely get the help you need to rebuild trust. Absolutely. Uh, another scripture that comes to mind is out of Proverbs chapter four. And the reason that we share with you scriptures each and every week, guys, is not just because, uh, well, I guess we don't want it to just be our opinions. Yeah. Uh, let us always say that we'll do our best to back up everything with the support of God's Word. But uh, just to show you how serious this is in the Word of God and how God feels about it, Proverbs 4, 7, Can a man scoop fire into his lap and not be burned? So it is for a man who sleeps with another man's wife. You could say uh, a wife who sleeps with another Wife's husband. Wife's husband. Right. Thank you. It uh, goes on in Proverbs to say, whoever commits adultery is an utter fool, for they destroy their soul. 
You may think it's harmless. You may think, uh, let me talk to the ladies for a second. You know, um, have you ever just thought, you know, I wonder what it would be like, you know, to go on vacations with that guy, you know, that you saw on Facebook, or just maybe you and your husband both have friends mutually, and, you know, you just kind of find yourself, you know, I wonder what it would be like for him to be the father of my children. I wonder what it would be like, you know, uh, you know, for to go to the grocery store with him. It doesn't know we all have to be sexual. Just wonder what it would be like living life with him instead. You know what you've done? You've killed your spouse. You have replaced your spouse. So now, not only are you fantasizing, not only are you, are you going down a road with your train of thought that is so unhealthy, you've, you're a murderer. You've, you've literally killed your spouse. They're not in the picture anymore. And it just started with a thought. Wonder what that would be like. Wonder, wonder what, you know, and so it's just so dangerous. And so you've got to, as Stephanie said, be honest with one another. Keep yourselves accountable to one another. Keep yourself in check. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think we were at PetSmart. <laughs> we were at PetSmart. <laughs> we were at PetSmart like a couple years ago. And uh, we were pulling around and this dude gets out of the car and Ladies, this brother was put together. I mean, God did not make a mistake. This dude was jacked. I mean, looked like he was photoshopped in real life. He was just a gorgeous dude. And I'm married to a woman. I'm just saying, hey, you got to give honor where honor's due. This dude was put together, and I was like, what did I say? I was like, oh, my goodness. I said, look at that dude. That guy's a stud. <laughs> what did you say? You went, yeah, he is. <laughs> no, I think I said, I said, you said it first. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. But, <laughs> but she didn't have to. You know, you can you can you can compliment one another. You can give compliments to other people. When we have the kind of relationship where, you know, we, we we're open and honest. You know, I didn't go. What do you mean? Do you think he's better looking than me? <laughs> you can just go down roads where you're constantly challenging what each other mean by what each other say and what are you thinking and what are you doing and so just man, put it out there all the time. You know, husbands, go to your wife and say, I, I've been struggling a little bit lately with the pornography, you know, um, and may, maybe you haven't even done it, but just, babe, would you pray for me? I had a weak moment. I didn't do anything, but I'm coming to you in honesty. And ladies, if he does that, please don't like go after his jugular and try to take him out with anger and frustration. Honor that he came to you in open honesty to say, listen, if I can't be honest with you, who can I be honest with? You're my wife. I need you to pray for me because I want to, I just want to desire and honor you. I don't want my mind going anywhere else. I, I think that's a powerful ingredient to a marriage. Yeah. So the moral of this point is, <laughs> you know, build your marriage on a foundation of trust. If trust has been broken, do everything in your power to rebuild trust and don't break it again because the littlest of lies can build up where it doesn't matter if you've never done anything wrong or are leading to an affair or infidelity but if your spouse doesn't trust anything you say because you've mm. you've not been trustworthy um, or been deceitful then it doesn't matter the damage is already done so keep your marriage built on that strong foundation of trust that is very key um you know Michael travels every weekend of the year. We have to have strong trust in our marriage. He's on the road two, three, four days a week sometimes. And if we didn't have 
uh, trust in our relationship, foundation of that. you know, it can be very difficult for me sitting, you know, at home by myself to wonder what he's doing out there on the road. But we've built our marriage with, and that's not to say we haven't had to admit certain things to each other. Yeah, and honestly, remember several years ago, you you actually said you came to me and said I I struggle with this sometimes. You know, I wonder, you know, and and I, I didn't take offense to that. So now. I do whatever I can. She does whatever she can to to make sure that that trust and that accountability and that honesty is there. I, I, well, I'll send you pictures. Yeah. I say, hey, I'm out with a you know. I'll send a picture of me and a pastor of me and a group of people. Hey, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm. Here's where we are. Here's who I'm with. I, I don't do that because I feel like I have to. I want you. I want her here at home going, I know who my husband's with. I know where they're at. I know the group he's with. And, and you know, I'm glad that he was, you know, giving me that assurance. And this is a point I want to say to um, anybody who maybe has lived through a marriage that had um, an affair and adultery like like I did, uh, don't bring that into your new relationship, into your new marriage. Mm, that's good. Uh, you know, my my previous husband had multiple affairs, and you know, I lived through that and the trust and the pain and and what it did to me. But when when we got married, if I'd have brought that in, and not had trust for him because of something that someone else did, that would not have been fair or healthy for our marriage. And so when in the early in our marriage, when those creeping thoughts would come in because of my past and because of what I had lived through in my first marriage, then. Uh, you know, and it would come out towards him. That's when I really had to be honest and come to him and say, you know, I'm having these feelings because, I, because of this and I don't like it and I want to work through this with you. And that's when he would just take extra steps, even though he had never done anything wrong to me and he had never lied or cheated or anything like that on me. It was, he was just helping me, uh, un, you know, trust him and to, to not bring what had happened in my previous marriage into this marriage. So I just challenge you, if you've, if you're living in like maybe a new marriage and you've, you've overcome this before, don't take your, your past spouse's offenses out on your new spouse. Because what you are doing is you are penalizing your spouse for a crime they didn't commit. Uh, that's not fair. It doesn't matter what what a woman did to me in the past or what a guy did to her in the past, that has nothing to do with her. And even when we were dating, uh, you know, I'd done some things in my life. I'd made some terrible choices. And when I shared that with her, I mean, she welled up with tears and said, that's not who you are anymore. That had nothing to do with me. And so, uh, you know, I think it was, we, from the get-go, established we will not allow offenses, whether we were whether we were the victim or we were the perpetrator, we're not gonna pull that into our relationship. Yeah. And that is so, so very important. It's not fair. That's why, you know, a, you know, women, you know, you get dogged by a guy or you get dogged by another guy, then all of a sudden all, all guys men. are dogs. That's not fair. There's some great guys out there. There's some amazing men out there. Maybe you've been played, maybe you've been taken advantage of. Guys, maybe you've been cheated on or lied to or manipulated. That doesn't mean that you you have to declare that over your life. Maybe God has an incredible relationship right around the corner that's going to blow your mind. So don't, as she said, penalize uh, who you're with uh, from for somebody else's past sins. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into uh, number two. Number two. R E S P E C T. Oh, come on, girl. <laughs> Stephanie Rowan, live worship CD coming out in the next seven months. No, no seriously though, respect. This is key, and I, I don't want to, it is for women too, but for men, woo, ladies, <laughs> you, 
you have to have to have to respect your husband. I, I'm pretty sure that's like the number one, maybe one or two need of a man is to feel respected by their spouse. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, you know, but again, and we'll talk about this in a second, of any scriptures or any concepts in the Word of God that are completely distorted or blown out of proportion, it's on this subject. You know, man, you know, you're, I'm the priest of the home and you're supposed to this and you're supposed yeah. to this. And women submit and women, I don't want to submit oh, to no, you know. He said he submit. Oh my gosh. No, seriously, ladies, um, I'm going to say the word submission and all of y'all just cringed in your home, but submission has been taken out of context for so many years and women hate that word. They hate the word submit. And I think if you really understood what the word meant, you wouldn't have a problem with it. But today's culture has changed it to where it almost means to be slaved, enslaved, to where your husband lords over you and he can tell you what to do whenever and you have to do and you just have no rights and you've got to like bow on your knees and be this slave. And that's not at all what the Bible was talking about when they said submission. Submission is simply respect. It's respect for the position that God placed over the husband's role in a marriage. It would be, it's, I like to think of it like if you, if you were to go into a courtroom nowadays, the judge has been given authority over everybody in that courtroom, over the lawyers, over the, you know, everybody in the courtroom, the judge is a hierarchy in that room. When you go and you respect him, you say your honor, you know, everybody submits to that authority. And in a marriage, God put the head of the, the marriage, the head of the home, the priesthood on the man, um, on the husband. And so that's his role. And the good thing about that is he has to report to God. Uh-oh. <laughs> so he's the one that has to like, you know, he's, he's the head of our home. And so I have to respect that. That doesn't mean he lords over me. He respects me back. And husbands, that's, that's part of it. Respect your wives. Um, so submitting is submitting to the authority or the position that God gave your spouse. Yeah. It's not submitting to having to do everything they command you to do. And if you're really a godly man of your home, then you're not going to treat your spouse like that because you're going to respect and love her as we were commanded to do. As Christ loved the church. So it goes both ways. But what happens is couples get into marriages and they're like, what about my rights and my rights? I have to respect you and I respect you and my rights, my right. Listen, when you got married, you gave up your rights. When you got married, you have no, it's not just you anymore. You have to consider somebody else in all your decisions. And so I think that's the problem with some marriages is they want to keep living the way they were living yeah. before they were married when they get married. No, it is a completely different ball game now, baby. You got somebody else to consider. And I think healthy marriages is someone considering as much as they can the other person above themselves. I, I just don't see how marriage could not be a fair proof uh, and not be strong and not have so much energy, positive energy and the presence of God in it when they're constantly trying to put the other person in front of themselves. And that's hard to do. Absolutely. Like, so. you know, in some marriages, maybe one of the spouses was used to doing what they wanted when they wanted everything they wanted to do, going out with their friends, doing things like that. And then they get married and they still want to act like that and not put their spouse's feelings into consideration. And so one of the things we do, you know, if someone were to call and, you know, hey, let's go golfing day or something with Michael, he would immediately 
say, I'll, I'll get back to you. He would come and he would check with me first just to say, hey, you know, Bill wants to go golfing on Friday. Is that okay? He would, he would come to respect me and our time. Like, what if I want to do something that day with him or, or vice versa? He doesn't always just, like, agree. And he doesn't go out with his friends, you know, six nights of the week and leave me home alone. Like, mm. it's just more respecting your spouse and their time and, and what they want to do, too. Because you're now, you're now one person. You're not so your separate single self where you get to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. And we're talking about how to fair proof your marriage. And so that's why we're talking about respect right now. The moment a man does not feel respected, I tr trust me, the enemy will <laughs> strategically bring someone along yeah. that does respect you and bring along somebody that does understand or, you know, uh, no, and in my, so in my previous marriage, my husband, um, was a doctor. And so I don't know if I, I mean, I'm sure there were times at home when there was a lack of respect. Maybe he did something and I wasn't, I've grown a lot in my maturity as a Christian and, a, <laughs> and as a wife. And so I'm sure there were lots of times when I wasn't giving him the respect he needed, but then every day he'd go to work at the hospital and he was a doctor and there was nurses everywhere that treated him like he was, you know, a king and oh, so much respect. And you know, that gets tempting after a while when you're not getting that, that kind of respect at home. But why can't my spouse yeah. respect me like that? Why can't, you know, even women, why, that man treats me so, why can't my own husband treat me like that? And again, you start traveling down a road where it's, it's thoughts, it starts in the mind, you know, uh, men come home and you know, maybe she's barking at him about this and barking at him about that. Nobody else treats him that way. And, and if you're not careful, you can start going, I don't have to deal with this. I'd rather be with somebody that appreciates me and, and that kind of thing. And it can really, it's, it's all in the mind, starts in your mind. I heard this said one time, uh, before the enemy can get you into bed, he's got to get in your head. And that's so good. It starts with a thought and a thought gives way to an action and an action full blown, you know, blossoms into, into a sinful situation. Yeah. It's in, you know, the enemy is after marriages um, and he's going to continue to come after it because he has to destroy. Cause when he destroys um, a family or a marriage, the ripple effect goes so much further for him. And so he is after marriages. And so no matter what it may be, um, uh, you know, with honesty or respect, maybe there was a lie or there's a lack of respect and, and one spouse doesn't feel like they're getting what they need out of the marriage. Well, the enemy is going to come along and he's going he's gonna to start to tempt you in certain ways and he's going to put thoughts in your head. And so you really, 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 as, you're, as you and your spouse need to come together and these first two things, which is all we're going to get to tonight, we've got so much, but uh, really, really, really go to your wife, go to your husband. You guys yeah. talk about uh, where are we at on honesty? Where are we at on respect? What steps can we take to become more honest with each other? How can, how, how husband say to your wife, I, I feel like I'm respected or I don't feel like I'm respected enough wife. Well, how can I respect you more? What steps can I take? This is just open lines of discussion for you and your spouse. You may be like, I think I'm respecting my spouse, and they may feel like they're not respected at all. And that's why you get to get on the same page. Yeah, you've got yeah. to talk about it. Like if he if he came to me and, and said, you know, I don't feel like you're respecting me, and I thought I was doing everything to respect him, I would have to say, well, Michael, what can I do better? How can I do better to show you that I respect you? And that's just where open, honest lines of communication come in, and that's where you start to build that really strong foundation of your marriage. 
um, that just protects you from any attack. Yeah, honesty and respect, I think, is what basically is uh, is tonight's, I guess, theme. If you have honesty, if you have respect, you are light years ahead. Uh, in just doing those two things, you're light years ahead of becoming, uh, you know, uh, a problem marriage or giving in to adultery or infidelity or cheating, things like that. Guys, and really at the end of the day, marriage is about giving and adultery is about taking. Marriage is about investing and giving. Cheating is about taking. And so you want to put positive investment. You want to be giving, giving, giving constantly to your marriage and to your spouse. Don't do the things, avoid the things that are going to steal the joy and the happiness and, and, and the things that, you know, should be in a healthy marriage. Yeah. Well, we have so much more to cover on Affair Proofing Your Marriage, which oh, yeah. we will dive back into next week. But... It is Passion Week, and Easter is just a few days away. Yes. And uh, this last weekend we were in Harrison, Arkansas, and we had over 50, like 55, 55 decisions to follow and get saved and believe in Jesus, which we are just rejoicing about. Yep. And so we just wanted to say have a very happy Easter to everybody. Um, a great Good Friday and just enjoy this week. It's one of our favorite weeks of the year. Absolutely. And then after Easter weekend, if you're anywhere in, they call it the boot heel, I mm. think, going to be in Kennett, Missouri, the following Sunday, uh, the last Sunday of this month uh, at the bridge. Uh, and it's going to be an awesome, awesome day and a comedy night that night. So if you're in Kennett, Missouri or anywhere in that area, come join us on the last Sunday of the month. All right. Well, hey guys, put your hands out so we can bless you and let's uh, maybe even throw in a little added blessing for marriages. But here we go, guys. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may he cover you with his name, the name of Jesus. And Father, an extra blessing on all of our marriages out there. Father, as the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, I pray that you would raise up godly marriages, mighty men and women of God who honor their spouse, who love their spouse, who celebrate their marriage. Father, we bless them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, make sure again, you head over to the iTunes and check out the podcast of Heart to Heart. Share this tonight after we're all done. And then uh, you can check us out anytime you want at michaelrowanministries.com. If you would ever like to sow a seed, become a part of our 50 Club. We thank God for the people that will head over to Michael Rowan Ministries, click the donate button and sow a seed. Thank you guys so very much. Yeah. And we love you. We love you guys. Bye-bye.